Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations. Uh, We are in part four of our uh, series on uh, worship and on specifically singing. Um, This is the uh, last podcast that we will have on this, the the fourth and final part. Um, We've had a great time doing this, and uh, we're here with Blair and Eric again. Um, So this is the last podcast Blair will be on, not forever. I'm sure we'll have her back at some point. Um, Um, but, uh, today we are going to be talking about, um, uh, specific hymns that, uh, kind of define our church, um, that are really fine are the heartbeat of our church. Um, and these are, uh, we're going to talk specifically talk about three different hymns that we sing very regularly within the church, um, on Sunday worship and even at our hymn sings that we have in the summer, which are very fun. Um, but, uh. Eric and Blair are really just going to dive deep into these uh, three hymns. So, Eric, if you want to go ahead and take it away. Sure. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, We're going to start with A Mighty Fortress is Our God. The three that we're going to cover, I'll just give a quick overview. We're going to cover A Mighty Fortress is Our God, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, and then Let Us Love and Sing and Wonder. All of those um, really are hymns that would be not only common in our denomination, but they're common throughout the church, especially in the Reformed Church. And uh, when when you mentioned at the beginning that these are really, um, in a sense, songs that are kind of the heartbeat of our congregation, we want we want these kind of songs to be a part of our vocabulary and what we sing because it expresses the deep doctrines of our faith, the, the deep truths of Scripture. All of them are are deeply rooted in the Bible itself, and so. Uh, we'll begin with a mighty fortress is our God. Most people uh, who are listening will not realize we're we're recording this the day after uh, what everybody else thinks of as Halloween. But it's uh, for for Reformed people, Presbyterian people. We think of hey, it's that was Reformation Day mm-hmm. yesterday on uh, October thirty first, fifteen seventeen. Martin Luther nailed the ninety five theses to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, and that kind of kick-started the, the Protestant Reformation. He was trying simply to uh, begin a debate or dialogue uh, for the sake of improving the, the Roman Catholic Church at the time. But it, it sparked um, uh, not only a debate but an outcry, and he was uh, labeled a heretic. But one of the things that Martin Luther did and was most notable for was putting the Word of God into the German language so that the people could read um, the German, uh, read the Bible in the in their own native tongue. Luther is, in his later years, uh, rough around the edges. He has really colorful language. Um, mm-hmm. But Martin Luther took this song and, and um, drew it, like many of the other songs that he wrote, trying to connect with the people of his day. And so these, not only the, the tune, but the lyrics themselves— were meant to bridge the gap between what the Scripture teaches and yet the way that people uh, were familiar with singing. And so um, a book that we Blair brought with us today is uh, Then Sings My Soul by Robert Morgan. 
And in that book, he, he makes the comment that often Luther borrowed popular secular melodies for his hymns, though occasionally a tune brought criticism, and he was compelled to let the devil have it back, as he said, um, <laughs> because it was too closely associated with bars and taverns. I mean, you think about He's literally taking songs and tunes that are really yeah. well known, and they're sung in bars and taverns, and he, he, he attaches um, Psalm 46 to it. So that's what he did with uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And, uh, of course, he famously said, next to the Word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. It controls our thoughts, minds, hearts, and spirits. And then he goes on to say that a person who doesn't regard music as a marvelous creation, he compares them to animals um, in in pretty colorful language, but I won't use on a podcast. But I do want to mention that the lyrics of A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's uh, it's straight from Psalm 46 that, that begins, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so Luther uses language that that is consistent with uh, refuge and strength. He uses the, the phrase bulwark. Um, he uses language of, of Satan's craft and power being great um, and that on earth is not his equal. This world is filled with devils, but we should never shrink from them. Uh, we, not, we will not fear. God's truth triumphs. He has so much language there that uh, you can tell when you speak of a mighty fortress is our God that Luther has really plumbed the depths of what Psalm 46 means, mm-hmm. that God is a refuge and strength, yeah. uh, a very present help in trouble. Luther often, not only in his songs, but also in his writing, often speaks about battle with the evil one, battle with the devil. Uh, and he lived with a certainty that um, though the prince of darkness walks on this earth, um, we will conquer and uh, and be held firm because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Mm -hmm. So a mighty fortress is a song that we sing um, very frequently. How recently did you say like three or four weeks ago? Yeah, we we sang it three or four weeks ago at Christ Pres, and it'll come back up again. But coming on the heels of uh, Reformation Day, we wanted to start with that one. Absolutely. So, Yeah. And I just wanted to add with that, do you mind if I look at it? Um, I think the way that we sing songs and the way I arrange them or use another arrangement is very telling of the lyrics of the song. And I think there's very profound truth in that we sing this song very strongly. And I actually like to sing it a little bit slow so that people can, um, can really digest what we're singing and there's just something about singing these lyrics a mighty fortress is our god a bulwark never failing our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing and we sing it confidently and we're singing that our confidence is not in ourselves and so we're singing actually that our confidence is fully in the mighty work of Christ and not in ourselves. And that can actually um, help us to sing it more Mm -hmm. confidently. And so there's just something really beautiful about that. I just want to point out this um, last verse, that word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go this mortal life. Also the body they may kill God's truth abideth still his kingdom is forever um so we can shout that um the gifts are ours but he is sided with us and um 
And so therefore we can just let this world go and hide in him. So anyways, I just think there's a lot of beauty that we can sing confidently about something that is not ours, um, but is fully his. So, And I think, you know, Michael, to, to Blair's point, that that's actually helping us. Why are we even doing this particular podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, I would want our people to to be thinking as they're singing. We're reading these lyrics, and we always make an effort at our church to put these lyrics in the bulletin so that people can see the richness mm-hmm. of the biblical connection that's there. As I, I, I may have mentioned in the past, it's not uncommon for me to circle a lyric or a phrase or something like that that I want to think about and come back to. And uh, as you know, to to a mighty fortress, it must be sung strong and mm-hmm. proudly because that's very much that our confidence is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other hymn that we want to talk about today is uh, "Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing." It's actually a uh, very old uh, song. It goes uh, all the way back to um, a man named um, Robert Robinson who wrote it during in the late seventeen hundreds and. He has a his his own story is a pretty rough story. Um, he has a, a difficult upbringing, not because um, not because his parents were evil. His father died when he was young, and his mother was unable to control him. In fact, so uh, he was sent off to to learn barbering, as in cutting hair, and uh, later ends up uh, falling into heavy drinking and and life in a small. I guess you'd call it a gang back in the day, um, but he went to a he went to a evangelistic rally that was done by George Whitfield, and George Whitfield was one of the most famous in his day of gospel preachers, and he heard uh, the gospel, and uh, and it burned through his uh, cold heart, and in in that he Robert immediately sobered up and sensed Whitfield was preaching directly to him. So I say that because he gave his heart to Christ in 1755 and began to serve in the in the uh, Methodist Church or what would have been the Calvinistic uh, Methodist Church in England. So I say all that because this is particularly a song that has several words that are unfamiliar to our readers. A number of years ago, Will Leitner asked me, or one of our old interns asked me, now why do we sing songs like this that have phrases that are unfamiliar to us um and i said well we'll that uh, we do that because people are going to come across the word ebenezer and they're going to um be compelled to try to figure out what that means Mm -hmm. they're going to come across words like fetter and they're going to try to figure out what that means um we want to take songs and lyrics even if the the language is older than what we would use today we're taking these songs and lyrics because they're biblically uh, saturated, meaning all the scripture—I mean, all the lyrics—are connected to the scriptures. But also, even if they're antiquated language, it's encouraging our people to think like that. Really matters when you're singing. Mm-hmm. That we're just not going. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But rather, we're we're uh, speaking things which are rooted in scripture. And if they're difficult for us to understand, let's investigate it. So. I want to explain Ebenezer. That's one of the more common questions that people ask um, in not just this church, but lots of churches. It goes all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 7, um, and it's in verse 12. Samuel is is the last of the prophets. He's the first of the of the judges, really, in the uh, in the Old Testament. I'm, rather, I'm so, I said that backwards. I'm sorry. He's the last of the judges, the first of the prophets. That's what I meant to say. I was trying to figure that one out. Like, in my head. He, yeah, I said it backwards. Um, 
it's late in the day except for our listeners yes. um, to them it's early I'm sure but the uh, at that point in in Israel's history God has delivered uh, the people of Israel from the Philistines as because Samuel has cried out to God for help he stood kind of in the gap for them and he uses he sets up a stone and it says uh, First Samuel 7, verse 12, Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. Um, and it, the next thing it says, the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. Uh, he sets it up as a mark of faith um, that the Lord has done great things in the past, and we will trust him to do great things in the future. So in the lyrics of this song, uh, it's the second verse, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. It captures exactly what Samuel was talking about, that the Lord has been faithful in the past, and I have rested upon that. He's hitherto been my help. Um, but by his good pleasure, I will continue on in this journey of life. The other, I think, term that is complicated for people is the word fetter and uh you know, as we were talking before we got on the podcast, I mentioned the fact that that's a word that I can, in a sense, define off the top of my head, but we also uh, need to think about how it was used in its original day. So if I was to define it right now, I would say, well, a fetter is something like a uh, a cord or a, uh, a strap that holds you to an anchor or something like that. But um, in its original context, the, the word fetter has to do with something more like a chain, which actually seals us and holds us. Uh, one writer said that he's he's praying that God's goodness would be like a chain around his ankle, keeping him close to God. And so in that particular verse, let that grace, this is the, um, the third verse, O to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, or in some translations, let thy grace now like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. But he's he's actually saying, let let there be, uh, let your grace be to me like a chain which holds my heart to you. When our people sing those kinds of lyrics and think upon those kinds of lyrics, they get really, not only um, strong images, but they get strong biblical images. Um, and, and especially, attached to that, the concept that our heart is easily prone to wander. And so therefore we we need something like God's grace to hold us close. Absolutely. Yeah. When I think about this song, I feel like we could probably sing it every week and it wouldn't <laughs> get old <laughs> because um, because our hearts are prone to wonder mm-hmm. and we actually need to be reminded that our hearts are prone to wonder. Um, I often find myself throughout the week being like, oh yeah, I'm prone to wonder. Lord, help me to feel it. Help me to mm-hmm. find my wondering heart to thee. Um, and it's just a really beautiful thing to sing about. I love this last line. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And you know, we're singing in, singing it and it's beautiful, but really we're saying like, Lord, take 
my heart because it is deceitful and it has to belong to you. Um, I can't handle my own heart because of how sinful it is. And so please take it and keep it for yourself. And so I love to sing this as a hymn of worship, which would be the first hymn that we would sing because we're saying, Lord, come and um, tune our hearts to sing of your grace and um, be renewed by your word. And so it's just a really, really beautiful hymn. I'm thankful for Robert Robinson who wrote it. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is a, it's actually a great song. It and uh, every so often somebody will ask me what what's one of your favorite hymns and Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. Always, it's always one that I mention. But that's actually a terrible question to ask me because I can't often remember them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Come Thou Fount comes to mind every time, and I don't ever forget that one, but others others often do. These three that we're covering today really are three of my favorites. Uh, the last one we're going to look at is Let Us Love and Sing and Wonder. That particular song goes all the way back. It's it's actually taken. Um, it's a John Newton song, um, tune, if you or rather him, if you remember Amazing Grace. We're talking about that, that John Newton. Um, at former slave trader John Newton, and he takes this portion from Revelation chapter one, uh, verse five and six, and there, it um, it's the introduction of the book of Revelation. It says, "From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen." And then the next thing that John writes is, uh, behold, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. And so you get that, uh, you can see why a song like this, a, a hymn like this is drawn so clearly from a place like that where uh, John actually gets a, a vision of the glory and the majesty and the beauty of the Christ. And this particular song captures so well what it is that we're to do um, love, sing, and wonder. Um, so I'll let Blair speak. Yeah. Um, I love how this hymn, each verse gives a different uh, verb, right? Love, yep. sing, wonder. Okay. <laughs> like, please do not get that wrong. Um, yes, it gives a different word, verb. Whoa. So it starts with let us love. Um, let us love the Lord who bought us. And so because the Lord bought us, we actually, and he loved us first. Now we get to love him. And then it says, let us sing through fierce temptation. And so when Satan tempts us to despair, which is indifferent hymn, um, it's saying, okay, let us join together and sing though it, the temptation and the battle is strong and fierce. Um, and this verse three actually reminds me of a mighty fortress is our God. Um, it says, for the Lord, our strong salvation holds in view the conqueror's crown. And so it's lifting our eyes up to Christ who has already won the battle. And then verse four is really interesting. And um, Kevin Twitt, who's um, a hymn writer, would say that this may be one of the most important verses in all of hymnody. And so I'm just going to read it. It says, let us wonder grace and justice join and point to mercy store when through grace in Christ our trust is justice smiles and asks no more. And this is a verse you kind of need to like read it five times over to really understand and really. You want to go ahead and read it five times? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five times fast. Um, but there's something really beautiful in that we get to wonder and 
wonder is W-O-N-D-E-R. We don't have to wander about it, mm-hmm. um, but we get to wonder and be in awe of the fact that this is true, that grace and justice are actually joining together, pointing to the mercy that Christ has for us. And so when we are tr- when our when our trust is in Christ alone, justice smiles and asks no more of us um, because we are sealed in Christ. And so you will often find that when we sing this verse and as we are singing this week, very providential timing, um, that we will maybe do something musically with it to really emphasize that this is true. And, um, and it's important for our people to know that, um, that when our, our, when our trust is in Christ alone, justice smiles and asks no more. And, um, so it's just a really beautiful thing. And then in verse five, it's let us praise and join the chorus of the saints enthroned on high. And so we're joining with the saints who are already before us. I think of Hebrews, um, Hebrews 12, um, let us run with endurance looking to Jesus, um, as the saints are cheering us on. Um, and so we get to join and we get to sing with them as we will in eternity. Um, because, and it always turns to this re- returns to this refrain of that was washed us with thy blood. That was washed us with thy blood. And what I love about that is we sing that five times. This is a five verse hymn. Um, so we sing, he has washed us. He has washed us. He who washed us to thou has washed us. And we sing that a lot in this song because our hearts need to remember and our hearts are prone to wonder and come now found. Um, and so we need to constantly return to the premise that he is the one who has washed us and he is our worthy lamb of God, which is how the song ends. So love this hymn, excited to sing it Sunday. And I think to that point, we we there's two different um, tunes that people might be familiar with. With this one, the the one in the Trinity hymnal is different from the one that we'll be singing uh, this Sunday. But as Blair mentioned, it's actually there's a repetition that takes place in the newer um, tune, which I think is is a helpful repetition. the 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 way the song ends in the in the other one, you've basically got three. Are these called what are these called stanzas? Verse. Verse. Yeah, you'd have three lines in the whole thing. And as a pastor, I'm thinking about this by way of how many, how much time is taking up in a song, so that I can think about how long my sermon needs to be, so I don't <laughs> overtalk. Um, but it's, it, in a sense, it's a very short um, song, except that it's five verses. Yep. But it's even in its earliest form, John Newton is putting in language that's not only rich and full, but is also repetitive. As Blair mentioned, he has washed us with his blood. He has washed us with his blood. He's washed us with his blood. Uh, and then the final verse is, you have washed us with your blood, your worthy lamb of God. But um, it's actually an extreme, in my mind, it's an extremely poetic um, hymn and one that uh, invites us to, as, as the song does, connect to those verbs, love, sing, wonder, praise. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of the worth of Christ and our need to rejoice and celebrate who he is. And Blair and I talked with Michael off before we even got here about the concept. What does it mean to wonder? M W O N D E R. And we looked up from I always use Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary to catch what lyrics words might have meant in their original form. And um, the concept is to wonder as a verb um, is 
to basically catch into that emotion which is excited by novelty, the presentation of sight or mind or something that's new and unusual and strange and great and extraordinary. You might say it's, it is to stand in awe mm-hmm. of who this God is. And so, anyway, this captures, I think, with these three thongs, three, uh, three songs, easy for me to say, these three songs capture very much the essence of the kind of lyrics that we want to sing and the richness that's here mm-hmm. uh, in them. So that's all we've got for today, Michael. Absolutely. Yeah, so this will conclude our, our four-part series. We've had a great time with this. We, uh, we'll be coming back with uh, maybe not another series, maybe just another one-off like we've been doing in the past. That but great. Um, it'll be it'll be awesome. So thank I've been you. very thankful. Blair, thank you so much for being on the podcast for these past four. Yes, episodes. thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been great. Um, it's been real. So it has been real. <laughs> yes. It's been real fun. Real fun, real fun. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, we will catch you all in the next one. Thanks for listening.